bro, do you even cult? Everywhere I've been is all I am. Everything is across the Dawn breaks in a locked front door. On skates with a Glock point four. Like, look alive, look at my book of rhymes, do work. I like Bo James, I like Cool Herc. I like rapping more than I like schoolwork. Do dirt, trying to make it groove like a tube shirt. I'm from the coast, but they know me round the damn port. EC, west side, mid block, and north. I think I'm Liam O'Leary, spitting heat even when these people don't hear me. One thing's for sure, we was always rapping. Ballpoint pen, it was always rapid. I'm moving up in the ranks, was rolling out on a bike, but now I'm up in a tank. I only suffer the frank, my only supper the plankton. Eating through the boogie woogie rumble of Langston. Fuck it, I'm gangster. Fuck it, I'm too nice. Hungry motherfucker eating anything. Shoe nice. Bang, bang, hammer, Schmidt, brown bag, cannabis. Hashtag Aerosmith, Boston's boy. Never catch me in the haunts of Goy. Wasn't cut out to be a lawyer, I was more Malloy. The young Jew putting on for the base state Evade Nate, either get stepped on or vacate I don't wish to placate, the hate's great I hate Jake's, I love weed, it tastes great I make haste, I'm earthbound and straight-laced I just wonder how they do it with the straight face I face eights like B-Rail Jacket with the detail A Couple Ferris tags for the B-Rail What the fuck is going on, everybody? This is Black Hoodie Alchemy. I'm Anthony Tyler. Thank you for joining me. We're broadcasting here on the Fringe FM initially. And um, got another solo episode for you. Going to be a little bit of a variety hour, I think. We'll see how it all unfolds. In the second half of the episode, we are going to get into um, astrology as the philosophy of astronomy. You know, a common denominator that both the skeptic and the believer alike can get on board with, and then we can parse it out through there. Uh, because I very much feel that I authentically just sit right in the middle of those two. Um, but before that, uh, you know, that that astrology bit that will be in the second half, you can find that after the uh the commercial break. And that will be a bit of an introduction because we'll have some guests that will help me expound upon the sentiments in that bit. But um, in this first bit here, we are going to talk about celebrity wannabe cult leaders. Some announcements uh, right off the bat to get out of the way. As I've mentioned previously, you can go check out uh, for free now on YouTube the uh, UFO documentary I was in developed by the dudes over at the Mind Escape podcast. It's called As Within, So Without from uh, UFOs to DMT. And it's been well-received, so uh, now that you can check it out for free, I heavily encourage you do so. I've got a full link tree now, you know, where all my links are in one convenient spot that I will put in the show description. So that means you can find some new avenues that I've released, like you go find Black Hoodie Alchemy on YouTube, Instagram, um, even TikTok. You know, I'm not going to be putting um, a lot of philosophy videos if any out i think i will start putting the show on youtube at some point other than that um any video based action is going to be 
comedy related. So the stuff that I did with Steve Berg, you know, comedian from Drunk History and other action, along with just in general, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and Tippy Patson, the redneck mystic extraordinaire. You can go find uh, some little video segments of them. And they've been, um, people have been really digging them. So I heavily encourage you go check that out as well if you're looking for a laugh. You can also, at the link tree, you can find the links for my books, Dive Manual and Hunt Manual. I'm in the process of getting some merch out finally. T-shirts, actual black hoodies, that'll be pretty fun. Uh, Some beanies. So keep your eyes peeled for that. That'll be coming sooner rather than later. No date set yet. Um, definitely we'll be having some more guests here in the near future. Got uh, a great variety of people on deck. I'm just not really in a position, candidly, where um, my the scheduling allows for a lot of random guest recording. So in real time, as I'm recording this, it'll probably be a week or two. Um, I'm recording this a little bit in advance, so you know things will level up, or things will level out before too long, and we'll get some great guests back on the show. But hey, nothing wrong with a solo episode, right? One last thing. This is important. Okay, a couple shout-outs. Um, I wanted to give two small shout-outs to some listeners that have kept in contact with me throughout all these episodes uh landon and dusan salute to you two i see you um and also wanted to give a bit of a larger shout out to listener that's also been around for a long time blackbird uh a blackbird is a an alchemist and a an actual blacksmith you can go check him out on instagram all one word B-L-K-B-I-R-D underscore M-F-G. Blackbird M-F-G. Um, this dude makes some incredible pieces. Um, he's got some dope brass knuckles that uh, I don't think are legal. So, you know, they might just be pictures, but whatever. You can ask him about what he can do for you. Um and, and and brass knuckles are legal some places. I live in Florida. Um, I was very surprised to find out that brass knuckles are legal. But he also makes, you know, um, he's got some rings, some jewelry, very esoteric stuff. Looks like he's got a pocket knife on here. I'm not sure if he made the blade for that. Uh, Blackbird's a very cool down-to-earth dude, though. Um, and you can even go find some of his... Uh, you can find videos on there of him actually making some of this stuff. Blacksmithing is impressive shit. Not something that I know much about, but uh, it is very integral to the history of alchemy, um, just as much as botany. So very cool to see a genuine blacksmith alchemist out there. He's even got some really sweet like wooden uh, burn design boxes. His Blackbird logo is cool. So salute to Blackbird. Um, thanks for listening to the show, buddy. Hope I hope you get some new clients out of this. Okay, now we can get into it here. Today, I wanted to fucking talk about some wannabe celebrity cult leaders. You may recall that there was an episode, I think it was 
it's like 33, something like that. I could put it in the show description for anybody that cares. I did an episode about Terrence Howard and how that actor has absolutely lost his mind over the years. For those that haven't heard uh, this story at all before, briefly, Terrence Howard has gone into some sort of delusional state that has maintained itself over the years where he thinks that he has invented a new math called teriology, or actually rather um, uncovered the old original math. What is it? One times one has to equal two and not one. So that's a whole thing. Um, And his story is one of a sharp descent downward. Yeah, I, I don't give a fuck for celebrity gossip, but I will tell you that when celebrities get on this weird cult leader wannabe level esoteric mindset, I find it really fascinating. Talk about a cult of personality. Um, and there's been a few names that I've had around. They're just so fucking outlandish. I can't believe that um, it, this is this is truly ongoing news at this point. There's a few names I've wanted to toss around. The biggest one being Ezra Miller, The Flash. The fuck is going on with this guy? It sounds like a played out Adult Swim, like 15 minute sketch about someone that's playing superheroes, but it's super true. I'm sure at least some of you, or I'm sure at least most of you have heard some of the details. But I also, for funsies, you know, this is basically some bits that couldn't make a full show, but I just, I had to bring them up. It's my show anyway. I thought I'd bring up Jared Leto first. I have a little bit here from Vanity Fair I thought I'd read to you. Uh, just, we, I'm not going to go into this too much because it pretty much speaks for itself. But of course, of course, uh, Jared Leto is in on the mix here. So in 2019, Jared Leto and his band 30 Seconds to Mars started a cult. The band invited fans who called themselves who called themselves the Echelon. That's strange. I didn't know that. Uh, to a retreat in Croatia where Leto dressed in white robes, hosted hundreds of his devotees uh, for a three-day music festival complete with yoga um, as well as movie screenings. And uh, the band tweeted photos of Leto leading hundreds of people all dressed in white captioned, yes, this is a cult. Okay, so tongue-in-cheek a little bit there, but still. It wasn't the first time uh, 30 Seconds to Mars embraced the phrase uh, it's appeared on the band's merch and in their music videos. Playing on journalists telling them that they have a cult following, Leto and the band decided to give it a more literal definition. Um, but beyond the adoring fans who will pay money to be isolated on an island with Leto and indoctrinated into his cult, the actor and musician has forged relationships with a number of close collaborators. Through his unconventional methods and distinct style, Leto has made it clear that his music, films, and fashion are more than a part of his celebrity their artistic statements his quote-unquote real cult aside um blah 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 so yeah he's of of course jared leto would do a ironic would have an ironic cult everything that jared leto does is apparently ironic you know from all the the dead animals that he sent his uh his fellow actors on the the set of the fucking god-awful um was it suicide squad and associated movies 
Um, yeah, that was all fucking ironic too, because that was in character. The only person who can get in character for a fucking um uh, just brain dead role, I guess, um, is uh Peter Sellers and Robocop. Peter Sellers playing Robocop wanted to be called Robo, uh the, to stay in character on the set of Robocop, and no one no one bothered because it's fucking stupid. But Peter Sellers you know, he, uh, that was back in the time where we didn't have the internet. So maybe some shit would have blown up about him, but he's got a pretty good track record. He seems like a fun guy. I'd call Peter Sellers robo, <laughs> but anybody else, the Joker being a perfect example, you're going to stay in character for the fucking Joker with, with a grill, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't seem worth staying in character for, even if you're going to get something better out of it. And fuck, man, if that was the better version of the character by staying in character, Mr. Leto probably just shouldn't have taken that role. So, yeah, Jared Leto has been doing his ironic cult thing for a minute now. Ezra Miller is uh, taking it to a whole other level, though. Where do I even begin with Ezra Miller? No, he's a pretty esoteric dude. Uh, he likes his cannabis. He likes his fine quality tobacco. He calls himself the Mad Goose Wizard. He also plays a superhero. You know, I did grow up on comic books, even though the superhero movie trend tired me out some years ago. Um, So he, it sounds like he should be a fun guy. Oh, wait, but also he's known for choke slamming women in public fans in public who are just trying to like say hello to him uh he's known for grooming children um he's known for starting a couple different cult compound situations he kind of is his own alistair crowley-ish wannabe roaming cult compound you know things he, and he's got the money so things just kind of follow him where he goes this dude is fucking bonkers. Definitely, ter- uh, potentially crazier than Terrence Howard. I want to say Terrence Howard might be um, um, more. He, I don't. He, what's the word? What's the way to put it? Terrence Howard, his confidence is <laughs> impressive. Um, so that and and unprecedented, I guess I could say. But Ezra Miller is psychotic like an actual harm to people around him let's just get into some of this i just listen in with me here the piece explains some of um ezra miller's whereabouts in 2020 you know he's hanging out in iceland where he was apparently uh becoming notorious for his uh excuse me they they just now probably been calling him dude this whole time I don't even think about it. Like, and, and and it's because of the Ezra Miller part. It's not because of the pronoun part. Um, like Elliot Page in my mind, while surprising, you know, he's or they're Elliot Page now. That's cool. Well, you know, more power to him. Um, and especially when it comes across genuine, that seems fine to me. Obviously, Ezra Miller has just weaponized it. That's the point I'm making. So it's less embedded in my mind as like a necessary thing. 
but it's not because I'm like staunchly not using it. I will try to remember to f- refer to Ezra Miller as them, they, um, because I mean, for all intents and purposes, they are, but the way they've weaponized it is gross and appalling and not even really a part of that movement anyway. You know, Ezra Miller likes to say that they're, um, you know, just basically a little higher, a little more enlightened than the average person. And so they don't really consider themselves all that human. There is a quote where he says, I don't consider, I don't identify as a man or a woman. I barely identify as a human. Um, And he's also an underage child groomer. So he is a narcissistic pedophilic psychopath or sociopath at the lowest bar. Um, and he likes to hide behind the LGBTQ movement. So full emphasis there. My my potential lack of consideration for pronouns here in the story of Ezra Miller is not because of the movement. It's because of Miller. He's a, uh, you see, there it is. It's just, it's just Freudian. Um, so it, it, it's because they're a douchebag. And what they're all about is wrapped up in abuse of others. It's a manipulation thing. It's a power tactic. Look at all the different interviews that he's done. And on top of that, the police arrests that are on footage. And the first thing this guy's, this person is talking about, I'm going to have to move on from this story soon. Apparently, I can't stop calling them a dude. But dude is also, you could call women dudes, like people do that now. So dude can be more inclusive. Um, Maybe that's my best bet, just calling them a dude. (laughs) Well, anyway, whatever you want to call fucking them, this mad goose wizard, as they call themselves, set up a, you know, had an Airbnb in Iceland and um, in a suburb. And apparently, as the reports go, started... Uh, a commune you know there was a lot of drugs uh ezra miller was constantly giving talks about spirituality and doing hypnosis reportedly and you know rituals and these other things so you know he's getting on his like teal swan shit here you know people around him that have uh since defected um i've talked about how you know he has his own cult of personality by you know, as a standard around him, people aren't allowed to disagree with them, him, them, see, fuck me, right? <clears throat> there was one deleted Instagram video where he he calls out the North Carolina chapter of the Ku Klux Klan, um, so, like, just trying to go toe-to-toe with them, talking about um, they either need to kill themselves or they're he's going to do it for them, Um just weird and he looks real strung out in this video um and man he's so condescending they're so condescending it's brutal um hard to watch anything that they're involved with honestly just a total piece of shit on on every level um and that's really fucking rough when you're calling out the Ku klux klan telling them to kill themselves which is fair you know think it goes without saying I'm not in any way supporting or defending the Ku Klux Klan here. But when you 
also you come across i don't know equally as fucking crazy as the Ku Klux Klan when you're calling them out something is going wrong you are not doing shit right and that's why the video has since been deleted because he's fuck they're fucking crazy um he, and he does have you know court he has allegations that have gone through court about child grooming um they have people have been granted settlements and you know temporary restraining orders and things Here's a fun quote. According to a neighbor, uh, the evening. So this is when uh, Ezra Miller. So listen to listen to his story with this uh, with this family here. Uh, some these people that he he tried to groom their daughter. Okay. Um, Ezra Miller came in contact with this family uh, due to their connections with the family's neighbor, who is in a band with Miller's friend. Um, and. One evening, while Ezra Miller was hanging out at the family's place, he started. Uh, they started acting very strange and very groomy. Okay, um, Miller uh, was wearing a bulletproof vest for some reason, which is an interesting note today uh, that happened on that day. Um, apparently, the mother of the family was referring to her friends as her tribe of people. And uh, Ezra Miller was quick to point out that that was cultural appropriation. Uh, and and <laughs> right after that, um, Miller claimed that the board game Parcheesi um, was of Rastafarian roots, to which the uh, the half-black neighbor questioned, asking him, you know, what branch of um rastafarianism it was and so forth um and i don't know let's look this up real quick is parcheesi rastafarian <laughs> it's fucking definitely not okay uh but it is an adaptation of what it looks like an indian game uh like indian from india so, so he was just super fucking wrong about that. Uh, I don't know if that counts as cultural appropriation or not, but you sure are a fucking idiot. Um, and so this neighbor called him out and and saying, um, you know, what what branch of Rastafarianism does Parcheesi come from? Um, to which Ezra snapped and uh, opened up their jacket, showing a gun. And saying that uh, talking like that could get you into a really serious situation. What? He flashed a gun because of that. They flashed a gun. I can't stop. I'm not doing this on purpose. <laughs> I'm not. Um, but after that altercation, Miller allegedly began to harass the mother uh, and the then 11-year-old child, telling the parents that they, they, as in Ezra Miller, were more equipped to mentor the child than they were. The parents. He said, I've talked extensively with your child and they have a lot of power to them. At one point, you're going to realize that you don't have any control over them anymore. They're an elevated being and they would be lucky to have someone like me guide them. Wow. Fucking creepy. And there's more to Ezra Miller. Um, another interesting bit is most recently he found himself in trouble because on uh, his other, <clears throat> his more recent Vermont farm compound where he has many people hanging out including at least one whole family 
Um, he's known to have a lot of weed around there and a lot of guns, sort of like a hippie Charles Manson meets David Koresh type thing going on. And uh, he got in a lot of trouble that uh, came out around when the Flash movie came out, I believe, or you know, not long before, where basically the children were in very close proximity to the drugs and the guns and there is even one report that one child was uh had to be you know kept from sucking on a bullet because they were in such close proximity to the, to the guns that they were just using them as toys they were literally hanging out near their toys and this dude calls himself themselves the mad goose wizard what the hell is uh, going to happen to Ezra Miller from here i have no idea he'll pro- they'll probably just crash and burn but uh there might be uh some more interesting headlines in between now and then man before we get into the break i have some honorable mentions i'd like to throw out there and and get into a little bit um (laughs) first off uh talk about wannabe probably the biggest wannabe here um but you know also potentially the the most harmless I just think it's ridiculous. You guys know Corey Feldman, you know, mouth from the Goonies. He was in the Lost Boys. Classic 80s movie staple. He was great in the 80s. Corey Feldman today is fucking crazy. (laughs) Um, You know, (laughs) this is my dark sense of humor. But uh, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I don't wish any ill will on him. But I think this goes to show that some child stars are better off just crashing and burning young because otherwise we get Corey feldman and it's not a pretty scene he's just uh and here's just one example of how crazy he's gotten um i don't know if he's still doing this but it went on for a long time this is an article uh the hollywood reporter from 2016 about uh Corey's angels what are Corey's angels? Well, first off, quote, they don't have to sleep with me. So that's good. They don't have to. <clears throat> Sounds like many of them still do, though. And basically what it is, is he is uh, like a talent scout. Um, It sounds like the exact same thing that R. Kelly was doing, except R. Kelly was moving it into very explicit sex cult territory, where it started as he was just recruiting women to and telling them that he could make their careers if they just like moved in with him and all the other women hanging out with him and and just kind of dedicated themselves to this lifestyle um and uh you know and when it came to r kelly you know lots of urination and all the other fun stuff um brutal um i would talk about r kelly a little more but that has been that's been really blown up lately as it rightly should be. I don't think I necessarily need to cover it though. Corey Feldman though, of course he would call it Corey's angels. Um, he just wants so badly to be relevant and to be surrounded by people that think he's awesome. So he just gets a bunch of crazy women to hang out with his crazy ass and they record awful music. If you uh, check out what Corey Feldman has released, in terms of his own personal music, and it is astonishing. Also, um, also wanted to mention the um, 
viral World of Warcraft gamer known as Athene. Some may remember him like heyday was like around 2010, you know, before and after around there. Uh, Athene was the basically the most legendary World of Warcraft gamer that existed. Uh, they even named some like things you could get in the game after him. I never played WoW, but I played a shit out of some Elder Scrolls games and more. So, and that's why I didn't play WoW because <laughs> those games were addictive enough. So I respect it. Um, Athene, you know, he was a troll as well. So he just liked to shit on other people, say that he was better, uh, got a lot of views, was sort of doing uh, gaming, streaming, and that whole spiel before it was, you know, well before uh, Twi Twitch was around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he started coming out with these, like, psychology videos. I remember Athene's uh, Theory of Everything. And it was an interesting bit. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but about um abnormal psychology neurology and the role that it plays and the role that perception plays in understanding our reality so it was a bit more it, like as i remember it um not that everything was correct in it but it was very interesting food for thought and it seemed like a much more grounded um scientific the secret you know, it wasn't the same thing, but it was kind of getting in those fantastical areas of, you know, what are the possibilities of your perception, but it was keeping it in neuroscience. So some of that was interesting. Well, that guy has since, you know, moved to his own compound and started a cult. Um, his streaming relevance is practically non-existent anymore, but he was one of the biggest streamers. He was like, in the top five biggest on YouTube. And this was before TikTok and these things. So YouTube was even more central than it is now. So this dude made his nut as the saying goes and um, just retired off of it and started his own cult. I used to joke with my friend, Ron, that um, if things didn't go the way we wanted it to, we would just team up in our forties or so, pool our money together and start our own cult great retirement plan plan b it seems like that is becoming a thing though like how a lot of uh celebrities want to start rapping seems like these days it's just becoming trendy a lot of celebrities if they're a little kookier than someone that wants to just throw a couple hot tracks out they start a cult as dan cummins the comedian and host of time suck has said before bro do you even cult these dudes, and in the case of Ezra Miller, these, them, definitely cult. So what are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your life? Okay, that's it. That's some uh, wannabe celebrity cult leaders. Um, you know, as a, as, a, as a cherry on top, there's some different things from Jared Leto's ironic cult leader to Athene's self-loathing or like not self-loathing but he at this point just deprecates his audience he's actively been on record talking about how he likes to scam people um he is you know just taking people's money he doesn't give a shit and 
people still give him money and it's because he's brainwashed those people even though they've never even met him into thinking that they're in on the joke but he's just scamming them too they're, you're not fucking in on the joke so from Athene to Jared Leto with Ezra Miller <laughs> in between I guess um a lot of different people here but none of them will be you know they'll never I wonder I don't even know what their end goals are. I was going to say they're never going to reach that infamous level. I don't know if they're evil enough for that infamous level. I don't know if that's what their goals are. Maybe Ezra Miller. Maybe I could see them doing some sort of Jonestown shit at some point. These other people are just douchebags. And, um, you know, maybe I'm going to have to find a different plan B retirement because I am too much of a hipster to do what the trendy Hollywood bros are doing. Got to find something else. Culting is no longer cool, everybody. We got to bail. Not cool to start your own cult anymore. Not, uh, not hip. Not unique. What a bummer. Another trend destroyed. Just joking. Don't. I don't advocate any cults. Let's get into the fucking commercial break. Don't forget, I am uh, Anthony Tyler. This is Black Hoodie Alchemy. And we'll be right back after this. A day at the beach. I'm drinking alone. I'm making a speech. I smoke inside, violating my lease. I've been a student of this game for a minute, but I'm making a teach. Broadway raw, like it neat, no chaser. Cross stay pump with the cheap low taper. I got all the sugar, I don't need no neighbor. Caught a sneaking in, trying to creep on Vader. Leave the premises immediately. They ain't nothing if you trying to Wikipedia me. I'm eager to be everything I know I am. It don't matter how low I am. I never sleep, just work. Homie told me send me the book. And if I'm asking him, then Taylor probably send me the look. And if I'm asking him, then Vader probably send me a hook. To hell with if weather is getting me booked. I'm just incredibly hooked. A day at the beach. I'm drinking alone. I'm making a speech. I like my money like my shoes. I hate when it creases. And I ain't sell my soul to make it increase. I'm trying to make it in peace. Behind the man is everything that you'd imagine. Half of it is practice. Half of it is passion. Half of it is mad dull. Half of it is action. Spitting till I'm red. Getting hammered with my faction. Laxing. Looking like I shred my gnaw. Took a trip to the bodega. Then I lit my guard. I leave a beat feeling as if it happened. Hit by cars. I know that ain't nobody better when I spit my balls. It's like... Day at the beach, I'm drinking alone, I'm making a speech, I'm laying low and I've been faded for weeks, making way for day to break, it ain't an ankle and it ain't the police, the sun shining, that's the sun shining, magazine beach. Wait, can you please keep it down? Please keep it down, I'm recording in here. This is the recording studio. Uh, uh, okay, hello, hi. Hello, this is, uh, my name is, uh, Jefferson T. Slinger, a.k.a. Uh, Schneelius Maximus, a.k.a. Steve Buscemi, a.k.a. Clone Lab Supreme. And I'm here to, uh, give a public service announcement because I recently, we ended up losing a friend who was born and raised in the Everglades by Gators, Bayou Jones, uh, we're very concerned because he, uh, um, all he really does is pick mushrooms and smoke crack cocaine, uh, and 
if anyone is in Portugal and sees a rogue, uh, drugged out, uh, a probably incensed old moonshiner, uh, please give us a call. My number is 8815. Please. He's probably scared and cold out there. Um, if my memory serves me correctly, Portugal is an island off the coast of Africa, and Bayou Jones cannot swim. So, oh, please help us. Uh, this is Jefferson T. Slinger. Uh, and, uh, just reminding you kids out there, uh, a pro tip in life, you know, if you if you spending a bunch of money's uh, coins at the laundromat, uh, just stop wearing socks. You will save so much money uh, because socks are a useless piece of clothing anyway. Salutations, Brotendo. It is I, as always, Muscle Tornado. Um, I don't have any DMT on hand, so what I've been doing instead, dude, is uh, while I'm waiting for more, I've just been snorting a bunch of uh, lines of pixie sticks. And, you know, um, not, not bad, not bad. So, um, (coughs) yeah, um, just, uh, some of you may have heard that, uh, um, I recently lost an eyeball due to some, um, depressurization. Uh, from shipping myself in a crate from the Everglades to Finland. But rest assured, um, I have a really cool eye patch now, so it's working out well. And I also have been doing some research on some obscure forums. And as I understand it now, um, depth perception doesn't really have anything to do with both eyeballs. It's just... Uh, how strong your eyes are so if you have poor depth perception um you just you're just not good enough you have weak eyeballs like a beta male and if you train your eyes properly you can actually see in 14 dimensions (laughs) pretty sweet and um uh and you're probably wondering to yourself but muscle t uh can I do this? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and luckily, if you're wondering how to do this too, you can get uh, my my new instructional 14D eyeball strength training treatment um, now on Laserdisc that you can find on the website uh, tippypatson dot uh, forward slash dot dot com uh, dot edu. Yeah. <laughs> righteous all right you take it easy out there guys and gals and hey everybody else out there you know um i'm a cool guy and uh, muscle tornado is uh... <sighs> oh, oh, oh. <sighs> yeah all right i'm over and out uh <laughs> Hello everybody. Hey, it's right, it's your friend, uh, Sil- uh, Silverback Commando here. Yeah, um... Yeah, I, I fucked up a little bit, everybody. Uh, I did a little bit of a whoopsie here. 
um, it's been a good old time isn't it uh, getting me dolphin glue in air gel I even told people um, that they could uh, get free dolphin grade LSD complimentary with their purchases of the dolphin glue in air gel but um, wasn't able to follow through with any of it but um, it was a nice gesture I know uh, but thing is here here's the thing now um, you see I, 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 I put me LSDs in the same the same kinds of boxes that I, I ship out my packages in and uh, recently uh, uh, shipping out a package of the dolphin glue uh, I accidentally shipped out all my LSDs so um, yeah gonna need that back uh, I'm not prepared to uh, go sober from uh, the LSDs after so many years of being blitzed Whew, ah, bloody hell have a good old time over here it's your friend silverback commando um you know dolphin whisperer uh and uh you know dang old man uh dang old man uh listen here y'all this is uh your your good good old boyfriend uh and uh your good old friend that's a boy not a boyfriend uh tippy pat's in here and you know from all them black hoodie alchemy episodes and i'm just here to uh tell y'all about uh some of the great commentaries that have been going on on this program with the good old anthony tyler um we've done some great episodes uh just like uh richard the uh, abominable snowman kuklinski the jewish locksmith known as israel keys uh the puerto rican batman known as Pedro Rodriguez Filho and dang old Macaulay Culkin's gay murderous brother Michael Alleg and and a whole lot more y'all so why don't you go on tune in and uh check them Black Hooded Alchemy episodes out don't forget I'm Tippy Patson of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and I hope to dang old hear from y'all soon thank you Good bottle. Welcome back to Black Hoodie Alchemy, folks. Thanks for sticking with me through that informative and insightful commercial break. Uh, before the break, we are talking about something completely unrelated to what we will be talking about now. And we were talking about celebrity wannabe cult leaders. And how, you know, I don't find celebrity gossip very fascinating at all, but when celebrities start to tiptoe into esotericism, um, cult leader fanaticism, thinking that they have ancient secrets, I find that pretty fascinating. Um, and I like to laugh at that. I like to punch up. And there were some crazy people, including Ezra Miller, Jared Leto, uh, Corey Feldman, mentioned R. Kelly in there. People that I felt like were definitely worth mentioning on this show, but, uh, you know, for a laugh, but, and for some food for thought about how crazy 
about how crazy people can actually get, but uh, yeah, not enough for a full show. Now, in other recent shows, and actually it was episode 51, where we talked about the Goblin Universe, the book. I actually had a call in to that show. And don't forget, you can call in and leave like a 90 second voice message if you want. It was Al from Brazil. Yeah. Al from Brazil mentioned that it would be a good idea, you know, a friendly mention, um, food for thought for me, that I should uh, talk about astrology more. Astrology is not something that I'm new to. It's something that I haven't talked about much on this show, but it historically is very interwoven with alchemy and, you know, hermeticism overall, which is so much of what where alchemy stems from. So astrology is something that you can't avoid if you want to actually cover alchemy in its fullest extent. And I always start as a, uh, you know, as a disclaimer saying that the best way to couch astrology for everybody so that we can all have a common denominator to start you know, expanding upon is this. Astrology is the philosophy of astronomy. What do I mean by that? Well, the traditional dictionary definition of philosophy is the study of the fundamental nature of knowledge, reality, and existence. So the philosophy of astronomy that certainly has relevance just as much now as it ever did. We are considering, and what that means on a practical level is we are considering the implications of science that we aren't capable of uh, testing yet. But we are still using knowledge, you know, empiricism, logic to philosophize, right? So when we look into astrology, first and foremost, as a philosophy, we see that, um, you know, a whole bunch, plenty of historical relevance opens up just by considering that astrology is a philosophy. Uh, when we take into account that the precession of the equinox, you know, does reflect the axial tilt of the earth, it does have astronomical uh, relevance. Um, astrology, you know, astronomy came from astrology. You know, the priest class were, uh, were the first uh, astrologers. And I think it's fairly well known that the Catholic, um, that the Vatican themselves were the ones to initially um, espouse the idea of the Big Bang. Um, and furthermore, when we take into consideration the just the sheer intense multiplicity of the uh, the the zodiac symbols used throughout uh, comparative religious symbolism. Some of this is uh, hinged on the idea that you know the idea of archetypes in these things. And if we're going to talk about symbols found throughout different cultures. Uh, there's a few different angles that we need to 
um, explicitly state here. Firstly, there is the carryover, you know, the idea that Egyptian, Greek, and Roman gods, for example, were not ex- they weren't completely one to one, but in many cases they were. You know, Hermes, Mercury, so forth. There is also the idea, of course, that these things are more they're they're existential implications on a psychological level. They're cosmic forces of nature that are so integral in our life experience that we humanize and personify them because that's the only way our imagination will wrap our heads around something, especially if we can't understand it from a scientific perspective. But even that in a way is a characterization, right? You have the uh, the proton and the electron. You know, if we want to philosophize about it, those are the character names. We're conceptualizing them. So before we had science, these were the markers. And when you consider those two primary factors, the idea that there is going to be um, ingrained humanizing qualities of cosmic forces of nature that will show up very similarly in different traditions. And then you also have a direct carryover between many different traditions. Uh, we see how the the Zodiac is a very expansive thing that can tell us a lot about many different traditions at once. But it also gets murky because um, the definitions will change or, or vary, um, more aptly put. And they'll veer in different directions given different cultures. Um, astrology is a crazy one because so many different cultures, virtually every different culture had a different kind of astrology, it seems. And the one we have today is this sort of heuristic hodgepodge. Um, it's, and, and, and ultimately, while you, I think that you can definitely take empirical value out of astrology. The philosophical part that gets really new agey and into just pseudoscience is the idea that these um the procession of the equinoxes the 26,000 ish full rotation of the of the earth the the great platonic year as some would call it is divided into 12 the 12 zodiac and from there that's where the um you know some the observations might have very interesting takeaway value but the actual place markers from there are just that they're place markers just like how the cards in tarot are not themselves divine it's if anything if you want to call anything divine it's the interaction um the probing of the subconscious mind to find meaning in the random cards and that can um drum up different aspects of your psyche that you might not have otherwise, you know, delved into. And it can get spiritual in that case. I think just take what I just said there and replace tarot and cards with astrology and zodiac signs, symbols, and you can get into houses and all these things from there. I'm not going to get into that yet. I will read a little bit that will get into that. So in the end, I've said this before. I find natal charts interesting. I do think it's 
you know, there's there's certainly relevance in the idea that you were born in a specific place and time. Think about being born and just living in the Arctic Circle as opposed to the Caribbean islands. People evolve differently. They adapt differently. So if you're born in different places, um, you know, especially the longer you stay there, but it seems fair to say that even just being born in a in a radically different place from someone else could make you radically different. Um, human beings ebb and flow with the seasons. You know, there's winter hibernation. That's why we have our holidays during winter. It's kind of the roughest time of year as is. You might as well celebrate. Spring comes, you want to uh, get rid of all that hibernation filth and start the summer fresh. All these things are astrological, philosophical ideas. So I'm going to read a little bit from my book, Dive Manual, here to wrap this up. It's a bit on astrology, and we will have some guests in the future uh, help me get into this a little further, discuss what the implications are, You know, separating the, the interesting potential from the New Age bullshit. This is what I have here from a dive manual, Empirical Investigations of Mysticism. Um, Astrology as a Psychodynamic Protractor. Astrology is not a New Age religion based on planetary energies. It is a body of ancient mathematical archetypal systems used to investigate and document the time space. It was never perfect, but it was the beginning of a great many useful things. Time has a direct energetic effect on a human's quality of life, and truly, astrology is a measurement of of that time and its effect on all life. That humans derive spirituality one part from sexuality and another part from observations of the sky is merely a matter of anthropological record. Uh, From these two gateways, culture, as it is known, began to humbly manifest. The ancient zodiac symbols all had mathematical, numerological significance, and overall, astrology is nothing more than the philosophical implications of astronomy uh, like numerology to math. As we shall see, there is plenty of philosophical heuristic conjecture to be considered through the astronomy uh, through astronomy and its early and its earthly implications. Right. <laughs> Can't even read my own shit here. Varying degrees of ancient astrology can be found in the cultures of China, uh, India, Babylon, and Mesopotamia, Greece, Persia, Egypt, and more. The symbols themselves change, but the control methods remain the same. As shall soon be illustrated, the people who considered uh, astrology to be generic descriptions of any given person are severely misguided. Uh, They are only referencing today's tabloid horoscopes and New Age books. They clearly have never studied the uh, historical uses of these symbols and their classical interpretations. For if they had, they would realize that these zodiacal symbols are highly specific and multifaceted. Inklings of today's modern astrology can be first seen in the work of the ancient Alexandrian scholar uh, Claudius Ptolemy, known for both Ptolemaic astrology and astronomy, which was a geocentric model of the solar system. But Ptolemaic astronomy is clearly outdated by a large measure. Uh, Ptolemaic astrology still holds useful historical context for ancient humanity's classifications of psychological principles. In a bit of a general sense, today's modern astrology is essentially the progeny of Ptolemaic astrology. 
astrological symbolism of the hierarchy of gods stems from the archetypal systems represented by the sephiroth or the spheres of the tree of life model in today's updated astrology the seven planets the sun and the moon and pluto represent the 10 equivalent links between the zodiac and the sephiroth on the tree of life today's astrological symbolism has obviously been updated over time including planets like uranus and neptune uh, and dwarf planets like pluto and cirrus or ceres uh, that were not originally a part of the ancient symbolism nowadays the symbolism relating to the tree of life has been updated to include all but ceres uh, which is virgo's correlate but in any case all these zodiac signs have a relationship to a classical planetary correlate of the sephiroth uh, so i firstly state the utmost interpretation of these zodiacal signs stems from the tree of life and the zodiacal signs provide their own additional context to each sephirot they relate to a critique that is often laid against astrology scrutinizes the vast array of cultural symbolism uh, symbols throughout their history uh, whichever way one slices this pie astrology is indeed inconclusively heuristic overall however most people with this opinion of astrology take its inconclusiveness as pseudoscientific uh, and this is just an improper view of the material astrology is just as much pseudoscientific as any philosophy astrology is a deterministic environmental based psychoanalytic analysis that has become heavily obfuscated over time whether it has received any literal obfuscation or not our society has lost so much symbolic religious philosophical and even scientific data over the millennia that the entire process of culture itself has been said by some scholars to be like an amnesiac trying to remember their earlier times in life what i am analyzing here is the survival of the methods of astrology even if they are missing some symbols or calculations or whatever the case may be astrology is not the invention of one person it is a mimetic cultural adaptation the creation of a collective socio-cultural network that has spanned through millennia and is a body of knowledge that is constantly growing and adapting in interpretation however um allow me to emphasize that i'm not here to prove astrology as a strict science this uh it is most assuredly not astrology postulates that there are specified mathematical tendencies that can be found in the earth's relationship with the sun that can be observed and quantified through chaos theory which in and of itself is a very pythagorean notion symbolism is thus applied to the mathematical calculations derived through calculating the celestial distances and trajectories by using the tree of life's mimetic matrix filing system as the template of analysis we may hypothesize through deduction that the symbolic interpretations of astrology's math will show certain implied tendencies in psychological output these tendencies can be interpreted as a physical through a seasonal effect um, either of the mind or the earth or b that the sun's position at our birth creates a template of certain energetic tendencies for our unconscious mind usually both a and b go hand in hand as far as the astrologer is concerned modern psychiatry uh, has already begun demonstrating the implications that the seasons have on the human mind with the seasonal affective disorder uh, and vitamin d3 deficiencies uh, this vitamin is found in sunlight of course 
there is even a growing body of medical literature discussing how seasonal affective disorder can contribute to and exacerbate uh, bipolar disorder. The sun regulates human life and consciousness by tinkering with the body's circadian rhythms, hormonal processes, and even nutrient absorption. As the sun and the earth's rotation affect the physical seasons of the natural environment, so too are these effects seen in human psychology and sociology, like seasons of the mind. Beyond this, human society has many different terms for varying seasonal conditions that are experienced, whether it be the flu season or other illnesses, uh, the beach season, spring cleaning, and so forth. The astrological houses symbolize the sun's relationship to the earth over time, thus making the metaphor of a protractor by using the other surrounding planets as place markers of sorts. Uh, I'm skipping around a little bit here because some of this I touched on in the buildup here. Um, but, you know, emphasis on the procession of the equinoxes um, paid homage to the sun as the giver of all life and the planetary houses of astrology are not indicating that the distant planets literally affect you, uh, but that the Earth's mathematical distance from the sun affected you at your birth and will affect you always just like it affects everything else. And there may be, you know, there's orbital residence, so there could be more than that. But the biggest, heaviest implication here, the more you look at it, is the sun's relationship to the earth. These other planet energies um, don't even necessarily really need to play a factor. Ancient astrology, as well as modern astrology, requires a whole host of mathematical, astronomical calculations that are comprehensive and somewhat difficult at times. These calculations are based on and updated uh, alongside modern astronomy. Then through archetypal analytic analysis, the modern astrologer combines mathematical computation and draws a conclusion from the two together. The latitude, the longitude, even the time and day of birth are useful because they pinpoint the sun's mathematical distance to the earth at the subject's point of birth. Some of these calculations like time of day may or may not be necessary in the grand scientific scheme. But the premise of the sun's position in relation to a human's point on earth at the time of birth holds quite a bit of philosophical heuristic conjecture that is only lent credit by the modern scientific data. In his book, Astrotherapy, Astrology and the Realization of the Self, Jungian psychotherapist and astrologer Gregory Zanto uh, goes into extensive detail describing the psychodynamic properties of the 12 zodiacal houses and how they can be empirically demonstrated to have profound results in psychotherapy through the nature of archetypal symbolism. This in mind, there are two basic kinds of modern astrology. He describes the two classical forms of astrology as such. The first progresses the planets in the birth chart in a symbolic way, for example, on the basis that one day is equivalent to one year. So the planetary position in the 30th year after birth can be seen by looking at the positions of the planet's 30 days after birth. As it is only the faster planets that can move far on this basis, uh, the emphasis here is on the Sun, Mercury, Venus, and Mars. The second method is to look at the planets as they are placed in the sky at the actual time under consideration, and then seeing what contacts are made by those planets to the birth chart. With this system, the emphasis is more on the outer planets as the inner planets move so quickly that their effect is ephemeral. In any case with astrology, it is important to remember that the entire astrological chart is meant to be perceived in theory like an ancient brain scan.
The zodiacal wheel of a person's individual natal chart represents one whole psyche, a fractal itself of the great platonic year that the procession of the equinoxes calculates. This chart of the psyche can be, in more literal terms, equated with Jung's persona archetype. Uh, Zanto as well gives great detail describing the mathematical significance of the basis, uh, the basic astrological symbols. The sun, the moon, and the planets all move in their cycles, uh, which describe their separate tides and seasons. And we can see the general qualities of the times by looking at the progress of cycles through the ecliptic and in the way the planets interrelate through the synodic cycles. Uh, the signs describe the cycles of the planets as they appear to move around the ecliptic. The houses, the planetary movements in accordance with the movement of the Earth. And the aspects, the relationship of the planets to each other, which uh, are thrown up in the never-ceasing patterns that are created by their motion. The signs, then, symbolize the natural expression, expression of the planets through their cycles. They describe the archetypal situations we experience through the various parts of the psyche. The houses indicate the way in which the individual responds to those influences or what the individual does about the influences that have molded their character. Thus, when we consider the astrological chart as a deterministic map of the varied archetypal complexes within the psyche, a great many curious and noteworthy suppositions unfold themselves for postulation. I cannot claim any sort of scientific or psychological relevance beyond what I have already posed here in summary, but suffice it to say that, theoretical as it may be, I find astrology to be uh, potentially very insightful, but only when the extent of the symbolism is fully understood and digested properly. Another common critique of astrology, uh, more theoretical as far as the scientific community is concerned, is the premise of reincarnation. By using your name, your birthday, the longitude and latitude of your birthplace, the time you were born, and even the climate and geography of the land you were born in, it is asserted that a person can learn about karma from their past lives and about their tasked karma in this current life, even lives to come. One does not need to fully accept these spiritual notions to understand the scientific relevance of astrology, although it certainly broadens the scope of symbolic analysis when reincarnation is included. That the energetic exchange of the sun and earth should affect the preconditions of our psychological state for the rest of our lives is not fate, it is physics. These theoretical preconditions are neither unbreakable laws nor loose generalizations. They are subtle tendencies that can be deduced and observed through investigation and analysis. In the long run, astrology is the postulation that time and its implications within the solar system will naturally bear results here on Earth, since the entire solar system is interrelated and bound within a cause-and-effect relationship. Uh, the idea of the natal chart without reincarnation is theoretically tenable. But this is not the overall point of astrology. The point overall is to emphasize the, cycle, uh, the psychology of physics and the relationship that physics has with time. These principles undoubtedly have psychological effects, despite the classification of these effects varying within certain cultures. I'd wager that the more the scientific community would care to research the seasonal effects on the mind, the less society would be able to dismiss the implications of astrology. Thus, the more of a science astrology would inevitably become. All right, I think that's about it for now, folks. Again, that was an excerpt from my book, Dive Manual, Empirical Investigations of Mysticism. And yes, there is 
way more to go over in astrology. That was truly just the tip of the iceberg, but now it's out there. Um, you can read it and listen to it now. And I will probably refer people to this bit, um, uh, you know, in conversations to come. Good introduction point. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this variety hour where we talked about a whole bunch of new age wannabe cult leader celebrity bullshit. And then we talked about um, some legitimate esoteric food for thought as well. I don't have a whole lot to say uh, at the wrap up here. Don't forget to check out uh, the Alchemist Blacksmith Homies um, Instagram, Blackbird, where you can get some custom made jewelry and other items. Uh, check out my link tree where you can find you know, the YouTube, my books, all that jazz. And don't forget to tune in next week, folks. We'll be uh, coming out with more and more. Got some guests coming in the near future. Oh, and before I go, I wanted to, since this has been a little bit of a variety show anyway, I wanted to play a fun little game with you. Uh, a lot of you have been hearing these AI songs. It's like the new frontier of meme culture. And some of them are pretty great. This might date the show quite a bit, you know, years from now. Uh, they'll be looking at, uh, this is going to be child's play in meme culture to come. But right now it's blowing, uh, the inner child's mind that I have inside my mind's eye. <laughs> um, and we're going to play a guessing game and I'm going to play like four or five second bits. I don't know what the copyright legality is on this anyway. I'm sure you guys have heard the controversy about that to begin with, but at the very least, you know. I'm not going to rip off these uh, these these fun YouTube songs since I'm not talking to the people. So I'll just play small bits and you can guess. All right. Because these are the best that I've heard so far. Here is in no particular order either. Here is number one. It starts with one, one thing. I don't know why. It doesn't even matter how hard you try. And if you couldn't guess what that was, that was... um. SpongeBob and Peter Griffin singing In the End by Linkin Park. Here is number two. <laughs> if you couldn't guess that, that was Patrick Starr singing Thriller by Michael Jackson. Wonderful stuff. And here's number three. Yes, yes, yes. That was Plankton singing The Rooster by Alice in Chains. That shit is incredible. You know, I'm not like a huge fan of AI. I've steered clear of it, but I will listen to these songs forever. I mean, I don't know how much like re-listen value they have um, in terms of enjoying the song, but they are fantastic for a good laugh, at least for me. So I hope you enjoyed that. I'm getting the hell out of here. You should too. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope to hear from you next week. This is Black Hoodie Alchemy here on the Fringe FM. I'm Anthony Tyler. Take it easy, y'all. 
eyes open, trying to keep my mind open. Half mind, tell me shine, but I'm not golden. Die coping or die lost and find ocean. Trying to walk through this life when I'm not woken. In the morning, it's cold bread and collard grains. Every day is Yom Kippur, every night is Halloween. Everything is everything. Wake up and it's not a dream, I believe. There isn't anything, it's gotta be. Caught between the savage and the sacred From lavish gold-plated to cracked and dilapidated I read the sworn affidavit It said the maggots ate the head of John the Baptist After she had him decapitated I don't buy it They're trying to sodomate ISIS And recreate her in the starlets of today's likeness We toil in the fields, argue over scraps Build to destroy, then watch it all collapse Bill collectors, fortune tellers, Bobby where I ain't hiding from the lions or the tigers and bears I'm piping the snares Spit a little game for you It's the shit that I was made to do And I've been finishing the hat since I was young and in Boston Have my cake and eat it, save my people a portion I just need a clean, bright space, fuck a fortune I'm poor when indulging in what I get lost in Watch a boss spit and cop exhaust and pause for replies The facade will drop off, they'll scoff for the last cause A symphony of cricket chirps He fell face first, hit the earth And tried to paint a pretty picture worth A thousand words while we flex on the canvas Language artists moving like starships and planets Give me five feet to reflect, I'll do damage They're smiling for the closed circuit television cameras And vanish, drowning the waves Find solace in the view Standing on top of a mountain of change Espousing the grave, singing the blues Life or death, I ain't fixing to choose By the dock of the bay Feel the current washing over all my indiscretions Told to leave you, you can love me for my imperfections Took a while for me to see that all that shit was selfish Took a while for me to learn to stop at intersections Bobby Ware, I ain't hiding from the lions or the tigers and bears. I'm piping the snares, spit a little game for you. This the shit that I was made to do. Really, I just need a clean, bright space in a dream. To know what it is, not to know what it seems. To know what it is, not to know what it means. We either loosen the fit or let it blow at the seams. And two, you dropped 150 grand on a fucking education you could have got for a dollar fifty in late charges at the public library. <laughs> Yeah, but I will have a degree, and you'll be serving my kids fries at a drive-thru on our way to a skiing trip. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, but at least I won't be unoriginal.